everyone. Back, welcome back to the show. Um, my name is Amanda Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today we have Pamela on the show. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. So I always like to ask my guests, um, what is your story? So let's see if we can do this short form. I am passionate about what I do because of where I've been and where I've been is I grew up in an abusive home and in that abusive home, I left with a lot of emotions that I didn't know what to do with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. And I just didn't know what to do with all that. And I didn't really feel like I had a place or I didn't feel like anyone was able to teach me what to do with all that, with the anger and all. And so it was a journey. It was a journey to learn what to do with all that. And there are one of the pivotal moments in my life was, you know, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't really understand who God was. So I didn't really feel like I had, you know, some people, they, they have that as their strength. Well, for me, I didn't, you know, I was very confused about that world. But as I got older, I, I was drawn to know more about God. And there was a a time in my life when I, I was really struggling to the point where I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I wanted to know, I needed help, but I didn't know who could help me. And it was, I was going into a Christian bookstore and I decided to pray before I went in there. And when I did, I asked God, just show me what I need because I'm desperate. I need help. And I went in and I came out with two books. And one of the books that I came out with was Lord Change Me. And she talked about how your husband might need changed, your kids might need changed, but the only person you can change is you. Well, I never heard that before because I always had this facade, like people didn't really know what was going on with me because I had this facade and I allowed everybody else to think that I was okay when I really wasn't. Um, So no one really would tell me that maybe I need to change or I could ask to be changed. Well, in this book, she talked about how you can ask God to change you, but if you do, you better be ready. Oh, that scared me because I thought, oh my goodness. Yeah. What does that mean? Like what? what (laughs) So I put the book down and thought, oh no, but you know, when you're in that place where you just, you, you feel like you're smothered or you're suffocating and you just desperately need help. I, I went back, I went upstairs and I went to my bedroom and I now at the bed and I said, okay, God, you changed me, whatever it takes. We had a house fire and lost everything. And that next year was quite a struggle because I thought that God was going to make things better and he didn't. I was very depressed. Again, nobody taught me how to deal with my emotions. And here I was going through grieving and I didn't know it. No one taught me how to process grief or what to do with it. And so the depression and the um, low self-worth and all of that, that I already had was just magnified through this experience, you know? And so um, I ended up being depressed for almost a whole year. 
And, and I said, okay, God, you know, I don't understand this. I thought you were going to help me by this, you know, by this point I was, I did become a Christian. And so I understood something sort of, but it wasn't until we ended up in Dallas, Texas, and we met a group of people that were just very real to us. They could tell you they had problems. They would like, they weren't, they didn't have that facade on that I was used to. They were real people that told you what they were struggling with and, um, but the, and how how they messed up, but what God was doing for them, and that was so refreshing to me. So that was my first introduction to real people, and it took me probably two two and a half years to go through uh, a healing process to help me understand what was I angry about, why was I depressed, what can I do with all of this, how do I process those emotions, how do I process the beliefs I had in me. Um, Because I always say to my ladies, every wound has a belief. And I needed to learn what did I even, you know, what did I believe because of these wounds that I've carried all my life. And I did, I, you know, I learned what beliefs I had and how to process that. And it has given me such a great passion to help other women understand that they don't have to stay where they are. Because see, I thought that life takes you by the tail, whips you around, you take the blows as they come, you know, health issues and fires and people betraying you. I thought you had to just take them all and, and the blow, take the blows as they come. And then you die, you know, and I found out that yes, things happen that you may not have a choice in, but you do have a choice as what you, what you do with them. And so I, I love helping women go through that process of being able to transform from being full of guilt and shame and anger and distrust to, you don't have to be a prisoner, you know, and, and low self-worth really can keep you in that place. And, but it all starts with you have to make the decision to do something, to do something different, to want different, to really want different to the point that you're going to do what it takes to get that different, to get better. But part of that is the process of understanding that you do deserve better because depending on what you go through in your past, a lot of times women will have that belief that they don't deserve anything better. And, and I didn't, I didn't believe that I deserved anything better. And so that's kind of my story in a little nutshell. Yeah, that was great. Why do you think women don't think they deserve it? Happiness and a good life. A lot of times it's maybe the way we were treated as children or, you know, and, and, When you think about parents do the best job they can with what they have, with what their experience has been, but even, even say a teacher who had all the good intentions, but maybe said something and, and it was taken by the child as something very negative and then walks through their life, believing whatever that teacher said. And maybe the teacher didn't even say anything that was wrong it was how it was received because I always 
I, I always say it's it's kind of like we have this filter in us. And if I if I said to you, Amanda, I want you to make me a pot of coffee and you put the filter in and you put the coffee grounds in and you run the water through, we're probably going to get a pretty good pot of coffee. But if I said, okay, Amanda, I want you in two weeks from now, I want you to make a pot of coffee, but I don't want you to take those old grounds out. You keep them in there. So you do, you probably think, okay, she's ridiculous, but all right. And you put the water, run the water through. What's that pot of coffee going to be like? Not very good, right? Yes. But what if I tell you to do it in two months and you keep all those grounds in there and you run that water through? That's a disgusting pot of coffee. Why? Because the filter is not clean. And that's just like us. We, we see things through a filter and it's dependent on what we've experienced. And so I think that's why, to answer your question, I think that's why sometimes women have that belief about themselves. It's according to, to how people said things to them or the things that they experienced. Exactly. So how do we change that? It's a process. I think one of the one of the first very first things is you have to want it. And when I say want it, because, you know, if you asked me back then, do I want to change? I would have said yes. But I, I think one of the greatest things that we fear is, is that we don't know what change means, meaning we are it's, it's kind of strange, but we're kind of comfortable where we are. That's true. And we hate the unknown. Mm-hmm. absolutely hate the unknown because we don't know how to control the unknown. We don't know what to expect. And so that just really scares us. And I think that's what keeps us from ever moving forward. I think that's what keeps us stuck because even though we want something different, we don't want it bad enough that we're going to be okay with uncomfortable and we're going to be okay with not being in control and we'll And we need to be okay with the unknown because we don't know who we are. I know for me, like during my process of healing, I felt a little lost because who I was, who I thought I was, wasn't who I was anymore. Yeah. But but yet I didn't know who I was yet. Like I had no idea who I was because I was kind of stripped from all the negative stuff and I was beginning to see some of the positive, but I had no idea who I was created to be. And, and, I, and I tell my woman, you were created in your mama's womb. God wanted you to be born. He has a purpose for you, but we just don't know who that is. And I love to ask, do you want to know? Do you want to know who you were created to be before the world ever got to you, before people's places and things told you who you were or who you are because who you are is not who you were created to be especially if you've experienced hardship and struggles and pain disappointment health issues all of those things create beliefs in us and it it it's all to make us believe that we are somebody we're not but let's find out who you really are and the whole reason is so that we can, so that you can live. I I have an expression, I say, thrive while alive. And that's because I want women to be able to thrive while they're alive. And we can, it just is a process. 
And I love that you said it's the person that God created you to be. You just need to get back to it. Yes. And I think people need to know you're, you have to know what your self-worth is. So, right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And it really, I love that. I think it took the pressure off of me when I realized that I didn't have to know who I was all at one time. And I did not have to be perfect in it. I, I had believed I was not good enough most of my life. And so for me to make a mistake, just clarified that I wasn't good enough. But what I realized was I don't have to be perfect. We weren't created to be perfect. If we did, then we wouldn't need a savior. You know, we need to cut ourselves a break and realize that any kind of healing that you're going to do is going to be a process and it's going to take time and that you don't have to be perfect in it. Exactly. You don't, people don't need to be perfect. You just need to take the action. That's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. Exactly. Sometimes we think that other people have all this pressure on us or, you know, expect all these things from us. And a lot of times it's just us who expects so much. And we're doing so much for other people. We put so much pressure to do everything that you might yes. need to do. Right. Well, and that's why if you ask me why I created time for you, five simple habits to eliminate people pleasing. That's why I did it was because there's, we just, we feel like we have to say yes to everything and do, I mean, most of us have a heart to want to serve people, but sometimes we negate our own responsibilities or our own children, our own family to serve other people to the point that we're doing way too much and we're afraid to say no. And that comes from low self-worth. How do we work on with that? I have a process that I call the no more method. And um, I, I actually have two methods, the no more method. And then I have the one method. But the no more method is a method that you go through that, that helps you with your self-worth, helps you in that process. And yeah. it's neat because the way I developed it is, is that you can use it for just use it 20 times in one day, or you could extend it for a whole six months to a year. And it's, it's the acronym no more. And the very first step is now, now you, you have to make that decision now, no more low self-worth, no more letting people take advantage of you, no more wallowing in self-pity, no more being the victim. It's, you know, you have to make that decision now. If you don't, nothing will happen. You will always get what you've gotten, always. And so that process starts with now, and it moves on into the, to the other letters, but the, the next letter is observe. Observe what is going on with you. What are your thoughts? What are your emotions? Right. I think what we tend to do, especially us women, probably men too, but I don't really work with men. I just work with women. But what I've realized is, is that we don't like emotions. If I, if most women, when I ask them, what are you feeling? They'll either tell me sad, bad, or mad. And it's like, okay, we need to expand your vocabulary here. Well, I get, I get, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yes. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Or I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yes. Yeah. And, and then in fact, really what it is, is we're just stuffing those emotions somewhere because we're not comfortable with them. We either don't, haven't learned what to do with them or they feel way too overwhelming and we're afraid that we can't handle them or we just don't want to deal with them. We don't have time for it. We don't want to deal with it. Let's just, if we can push it somewhere and move on. But what I've realized is, is if you don't deal with your pain, it isn't going anywhere. It's going to stay there and it's going to wait for you yeah. until you decide to work on it, to work through it. And that's never comfortable. You know, I think about my healing process. It was not comfortable at all, but I would, I would go back and do it again to get what I have today because it, it's easy for women to look at me today and say, Oh, I want, I want what she's got. But my question to you is, are you willing to go through what I did to get what I got? Because you see me, you see me as I am today, but you didn't see me 20 years ago right. and who I was. And that was a totally different person. Ask my husband. <laughs> <He'll tell you. laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're not, you have to do the work. You have to do the work. And, and, and what I want to encourage women with is, is that it is worth it. It really is worth it. If you do the work, you will get something so much more better than what you have right now. Peace. Uh, I work right now. I'm working with a few women um, in person. And one of the things that they would tell you if they were a part of this podcast is, is they would tell if you ask them, what is it that you wanted? They would say peace. And if you ask them, why, why did you go to Pam? And they'll tell you because she had it. She had it and I wanted it. And when I sat down with them, the very first question I had for them is, are you willing to do what it takes? The second thing I asked them to do was to hang up their running shoes. I had a pretend hook up on the wall and I said, I want you to visualize yourself taking off your running shoes and putting them up on that hook. That means that you're going to do what it takes. You're not allowed to run because I know what it means to be a runner. And when things get tough, what do we want to do? We want to run. run. Absolutely. And so, and they did. And, and that's my requirement right from the start, because that means that you're going to do what it takes and you're not going to run when things get tough, because sometimes it does get tough. This stuff doesn't feel good to have to deal with, to really look at pain and say, okay, why are you here? Like when, what, what beliefs are attached to you? And I do something that most people don't do when it comes to healing, a healing process. And I just did it two weekends ago with a woman. Um, I do it in different settings. Now, this one was in a forgiveness weekend that I had where the woman came and she spent the whole weekend with me. And we went through some PowerPoint things that I had about forgiveness and stuff. And then, and she, I always have homework before they come for them to do. And then we get into that homework and we look at what's going on with them. Um, what, what circumstances holds them prisoner as far as pain and resentment and stuff. But one of the things I do 
in, in the forgiveness weekend or anything I do with people is I, we get to a point where, and this is why I have to work with people who believe in God. And this was probably the pivotal moment for me to realize that Pam and everything you do, you have to, you have, you have to work with people who believe in God because of what I do. And one of the things I do is, is we get to a point where we invite Jesus into that moment that they experience the pain. And we ask Jesus to, to whether it's through, it could be just a, a notion like a prompting. It could be um, uh, speaking to them. And not, I don't mean audibly, but I mean like, you know, like, like in your heart. Right. Um, it could be a scripture that you remember. It could be a song. It could be something that he visualizes to them, but it's very personal for them. And we invite Jesus into that moment and speak truth to them. Here's what they believe. Now, what is your truth? What do you want them to know at that moment of that hurt, Mm -hmm. of that pain? Amanda, every time, and I'll be honest, sometimes I get nervous doing it because I keep thinking, oh my goodness, what if he doesn't show up? What if nothing happened? What do you know? But every time. He shows them something, tells them something, they see something, they hear something. And then I always have them write down and I'm just sitting quiet. I don't know what's going on, but a lot of times they start crying. Um, Sometimes they might leave out a little giggle, whatever. And I just wait. And then when I'm, when I feel prompted to say, okay, now what did you see here? Or, and I have them write it in their notebook and The lady that was here last weekend, she said to a group of women, she was talking about her weekend with me. And this was, it was really neat to hear this, not because, oh, Pam, look what you do. It's because I'm an encourager and encouragers really like to know that what they're doing is really helping. Right. That's me. Yeah. Yes. And, and um, so she was with this group of women and she had told them about her weekend and she said, it was life-changing. And I'm like, yes, yes, because that's what it's about. Life doesn't have to be the way it's always been. It can be different. And, and that process, you know, sometimes we just need someone to help us with the process. It's, I always say we have these tools that we use. They're in, a, like, we have a pouch that we hold all these tools in and when something's happening or getting ready to happen, we grab this tool. Say if you used a screwdriver to hammer a nail in, it doesn't work so great, but what if you had a hammer? And so these tools that we have that we've used as children and as adolescents, we try to use them as adults and they don't work so well, but what if we're given new tools? And we put those new tools in our pouch and we put the old tools aside and somebody teaches us how to use those new tools. And then when something happens, we are less likely to go, we'll, we'll have the nudge to go get that old tool because that's what we're used to. Mm-hmm. But what if we start using the new tools and get more comfortable with them, then we're less likely to go grab those old tools. And that's basically what I do in my membership. I give people new tools and I teach them how to use them. 
and then they can use them and it's up to them to use them. I'm not going to hold their hand the whole time, but it's up to them to use them. And they do see change because anytime that you do something different, you're going to get different. Right. So is there anything else you would like to share? Um, I think I just, I just want to encourage that life can be good. It really can. Yes, we have our challenges. You know, I, I've had health issues. I had a fire. Um, I've done some things in my marriage that was not good. Um, I, I really have had some things to overcome, but my life did not have to stay there. And that is probably the biggest encouragement I want to give women is to, to hear that I'm nobody special. I am who I am. And if, if I can have a better life, so can they, I want them to know that they can have better life too. It, it's not because I was anybody special or because you, Amanda, is anyone special. It's, it's because we really wanted it and we decided to do what it would take. And I want to encourage women to know that it's for them too. It's for them too. And I don't believe that you have to have like this deep understanding of God to, to have a better life. Because if you asked me, I didn't trust God. I, I didn't. Matter of fact, I have what I call, I had what I call um, deceived perceptions of God where I didn't trust him. I thought he was going to thump me every time I did something wrong. I thought he would abandon me like everybody else in my life. I thought that he, you know, that he didn't really care about me. I know, I know what the scripture said. So again, that difference between your head and your heart, you don't have to have that deep understanding of God for you to heal. Because I think that's a process as you go, you begin to understand and trust him more. I think really what I've come to realize is any woman who believes in God has the capability to grow, mature, and become healthy. And that's what we all want to do is grow, mature, and heal. Yes. So where can everyone find you? Well, they can find me. My website is pam-mccloskey.com. My membership, if people try to find me in my members, you'll find me on my website through there. But sometimes if you look up uh, just Pamsky, P-A-M-S-K-E-Y, you'll probably find me. Um, I'm also on YouTube. So you can find Pam McCloskey on YouTube. I'm expanding that a little bit more. That's been exciting. I started my series on there with people pleasing and I'm moving right into self-worth. So if those are topics that, you're interested in knowing more about, go to Pam McCloskey on YouTube and you'll find it there. And I'll put that all in the show notes. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Yeah. It was great to be with you, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for having me.